You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlett. joining us. Uh, if you're visiting with us today at Renovation Church, it, again, it's a little bit of a different Sunday. We started a series two weeks ago called It Will Be Different. And essentially what we're communicating is a culture series about who we want to believe be as a people, who we believe God wants us to be as a people. But I'm also taking some time to explain to you or share with you the direction that we feel God has given us for the future of our church. And so if you're visiting with us, it's a little bit of a different Sunday, and I wanna invite you back next Sunday. We'll be back to a little bit to the culture piece of who we are. Um, But today is really part two, specifically diving into the direction that God has given us, and not necessarily a normal message from me. So just with that disclaimer out of the way, I'm actually gonna go ahead and dive in, and I'm gonna share something specific to Simpsonville uh, with you guys this morning before I even get into part two of the strategy that I believe that God has given us. And I wanna talk about next steps as it pertains to this place. And so Simpsonville Next Steps, we have a growth issue, which is a good problem, but it's still a problem to have. Over the last several months, multiple times in our parking lot, especially during first service, we've had no space available for people to be able to park which it's hard to welcome people when you have no space to welcome them into. And so we've recognized that space has become an issue for us. And so thinking through and praying about how we're gonna navigate the growth thing, I shared with you guys last week that essentially, and I'm gonna recap this in a moment, our growth strategy as a church is not to get bigger necessarily, to buy land or find a bigger building. Our growth strategy is to plant churches. And so we believe that what God is doing at this place is significant, and we believe that actually the space limitations that we have here at the church are actually, I believe they're from the Lord, because if we had zero space limitations, if we had 1,000 seats in here or 1,500 seats in here because of the way Simpsonville's growing, I believe we would just allow ourselves to grow with it and get bigger. But that's not the plan that God has given us as a church. Our goal isn't to get bigger. Our goal is actually to plant churches because of what we believe God's placed in our heart and so because of also the vision. So anyway, so our space constraints, I believe, are the Lord. Now, having said that, how are we addressing them? Three steps, ready? Step number one is this. We're gonna ask those of you in first service who are able. Now, I wanna say this. If you're in first service and you serve second or if you're in first service and Second service, the 1115 is not a service that you can attend. Please don't feel bad. Continue to come to first service. This is the place for you. We're so thankful that you're worshiping with us. But if you're in a category where the 1115 service is not a problem for your schedule and you have been making first service your service but you're saying to yourself, I can make second service a service time that I can be part of. I'm gonna ask you, it would be amazing if we could create some space in first service by those of you who are able, and again, if you're not, I'm so glad that you are here. I know my morning people, 11.15 is like, might as well be midnight, it's really late, so welcome to my early people here, I get it. We have some people, who, again, who serve in second service, I get that, so we wanna invite you here, and then those of you who just, the schedules works out, this is the home for you, and we're glad you're here, but again, if you're able, it would be awesome to have between 30 to 50, 60 people from first service be able to make second service their home. Now, second service is not empty. It's a growing service as well, but there's a little bit more room in second service than there is in first, and if we could create some of that space in first service, we'd be able to welcome people a little bit more effectively. So that's step number one, 
to navigating through our growth issues. Step number two is this. We are investigating adding another service option. Okay, now listen to me. Don't go away. Okay, let me say this. All right, so, all right. <laughs> okay, come on. Our heartbeat is to plant churches. We've discovered that as a church for years, we actually ran three services on a Sunday morning and we realized that a very early service and a later service in the morning is honestly not as effective as two services inside of a window of time. And so we don't believe that adding a third service one after another on a Sunday morning actually creates the space that we wanna have. However, we are investigating adding a third service option with a mindset geared for planting churches. Now, here's the mindset, I'm gonna share it with you, and this is what we're investigating. Here's the heartbeat. A complete step of faith, one of the things that we're looking at is we believe that in the next year and a half, two years, God may ask us to launch another location. So if we launch another location, how could we launch that location effectively? Our prayer is, what if we had 200 people, and this would be a combination from both Simpsonville and Greenville, 200 people say, Somewhere up in this Greenville area, we don't know where, we don't know how God's gonna do it, there's zero places in mind, God's gonna lead us to this, but in the next one and a half to two years, we're gonna launch another one. So our thought, beat, our thought process, our heartbeat is this, what if we had 200 people commit to say we are interested in being part of a launch team of a new renovation church place in Greenville? And so what we would do is we would say, okay, 200 people, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna find a time in which we're gonna gather together for church to be able to start developing the church that God is gonna send our way. Now, it's a complete faith step because we don't know where that place is gonna be. We don't know how God's gonna lead it. Either we're gonna plant it or if God opens the door for another church to join us, we have no idea. What we do know is that we're gonna be a church that plans churches. So how we create space would be to invite you. This would not be in lieu of Sunday morning, or this would not be go to Sunday morning and then go to this service. This would be the service that you would come to that then would create space on a Sunday morning for us. So we're investigating, we're saying, God, what would that look like? If we have 200 people, maybe 150 from Simpsonville and 50 from Greenville come together, we have a service. We don't know exactly what time that would be. We don't know the details, but we're investigating what that would look like with the complete faith step of God, you're gonna call us to do something else. And then if we free up 150 people on a Sunday morning, that creates space in here, and then eventually God opens the door, and then we have 200 people to plant a church with. That's awesome right there. And then this space can fill up another 150 and they can grow. Then we have 200 people who we're launching another church with. And then we do this and we repeat the process over and over again. So we're developing a church and we're sending a church. We're developing a church and we're sending a church. That's the heartbeat that we have. Now, I want you to hear me. We're investigating. Okay. This is what we think the Lord might be leading us into. There's no firm, strong commitments as to when, where, and why. We are looking at some different options, and as God leads us, we're gonna be able to share those with you, but I wanted you to have an idea, Simpson, about what those are. So step number one, we're gonna ask some first service. Step number two, we're investigating adding another service option with that mindset of planting another church in mind, and step number three, we wanna embrace where we are and be as welcoming as we can. So listen, I've said this many times, we believe that God is in here with us, we also believe that God is in the parking lot. So. He is not just in here, he's out there. He's out there when you pick your kids up. We wanna do it our best job possible, church. Let me, let me say this, if this is your church, you don't, again, come to church, you are the church. We don't, we can't, th this is the mistake of making churches places that we attend. 
we assume that it's someone else's job to do what God has called us to do. And so when you're the church, it's all of our jobs to be welcoming. So what we wanna do is we wanna embrace, and by the way, I wanna commend you guys. You guys have embraced the space issues here. First service, you guys have been knocking it out. You've been very gracious. You've been willing to navigate these things. We wanna continue to do that, okay? All right, ton of stuff I wanna go through. So that was the Simpsonville Next Steps. I wanna do a quick recap. This is part of last week, and if you weren't here, I wanna encourage you to go on and listen to this, but I'm gonna share a quick recap of part one of our strategy because you need to understand it in order to understand where we're going. So quick recap, number one is this. I wanna share our heart, building disciples to go make disciples. Renovation Church, our, our vision is to be a discipleship church. I heard a quote one time, and it says this. Uh, Not all churches build disciples. And, and, and listen, not all, I believe in the gospel. I believe in the, in, the, in the church at large. There's amazing churches out there. But I've been in a ton of different churches, and I can say from my own experience, not all churches make disciples. But the quote goes like this, but all disciples build churches. When you have a disciple, their mindset, they're always geared, how can I build the church? Because that's how Christ wired disciples to be able to be. And so what we wanna be able to do, amen, what we wanna be able to do is actually be a church full of disciples who then goes and wants to build the church because we are the church. So this is the heartbeat of the church. Now there's two words, you've heard me talk about these many times that matter. First word is this, followers. I'll say it again. The heartbeat here is that you would know that you would know how to walk with Jesus in your everyday life. That you would not be dependent on a Sunday morning for your spiritual food. If anything, when you come on Sunday mornings, it's a catalyst to remind you to go back to the source itself. You don't have to come just to hear what God has laid on our hearts on a Sunday morning to know that God has a word for you in your life. That he wants to speak to you and guide you and help you navigate through the complexities of everything that you go through. And so we wanna give you the tools to know how to follow Jesus. Here's the other thing. We want you to realize that, by the way, you're not following Jesus in a vacuum. You don't have to follow Jesus on your own, that you can actually be surrounded by other people who are running the race alongside of you. It makes a whole difference when you know that there's a whole bunch of people beside of you. When I was in high school, I played uh, uh, soccer. And I was part of a sports team. And whenever we got in trouble, uh, uh, like if we didn't do our, the, the things that we needed to do, coach always gave us more conditioning or running. And it was always an encouragement to me when I would look beside me and realize that I was not the only one having to do it by myself. By the way, this illustration's horrible and I'm doing it live. I realize that's a kind of a negative connotation. So maybe don't do things live. But for, yeah, this is awesome. ADD Jeremy. But the context is this, is that we would go around running and one of the things that would always give me an encouragement is as we're running this race, I was like, man, and I, running's not a huge thing for me. I knew that I wasn't by myself doing it. Now life, this is where it does actually can apply. Life is hard. Life is hard. Life throws you curveballs all the time. But our God is good. And as we run this race, we can run it together and realize that we don't have to do it in a vacuum. So followers, here's the next thing is this. Builders. We want to believe and build in the body. We don't attend church. We are the church, and we want to build the church. We don't want people to build our church. We want our church to help build people. And not just build people, but we want to be able to build unity in God's kingdom. We, don't, we believe in what God is doing at Renovation Church and also what he's doing at the church at large. Tomorrow night, I'm preaching at a whole other church in Berea, Abundant Life. And I'm gonna be honored to be there and they're doing a whole week of messages and stuff like that. And I'm one of the first pastors to help kick off what God is doing in that place. And, and listen, it's gonna be such a joy for me to be there. I believe in what God is doing in the kingdom at large here in the area. So, all right, continuing with the recap. So part one of our strategy, I just shared our heart with you is discipleship. So how are we gonna see 
building discipleship into our things, how are we gonna see that? Well, step one of this is this. We're gonna grow small. There's two things we're gonna do as we grow small. We're gonna embrace a clear discipleship pathway. At every renovation church, we wanna have a clear discipleship pathway so that we all know how to follow Jesus. We believe that this environment has to be a small environment that we can come together, we can worship, we can be in rows here, but that growth happens in circles in small groups. And so in every renovation church, we wanna have a clear discipleship pathway. So part one is gonna be to establish and embrace that. Part two, which we've already mentioned is this, is that we wanna be able to plant local churches. Our growth is not to get bigger in one space, but to plant local churches churches. This is a huge thing for us. So our vision of followers and builders has a local expression. Our local vision is that we believe that God wants us to move and build followers and builders in local environments. And this is what we call our local vision, what happens locally. And by the way, I love this because, listen, you can't follow God at a distance. You can see him from a distance, but if you're gonna follow him, you have to get up close. He's personal, he's daily, he's intimate. And so what we wanna do is be able to create the environments that are personal, that are, that, are, that are to where you are and who you are so that you would know what it means to be able to follow him. This is very significant. And so locally, if we take followers and builders and we put that in a local environment, that means that we're gonna have to grow small. So our mindset is this, we're gonna grow small and grow small and grow small. We're gonna have people who know how to follow Jesus. We're gonna have kids that grow up in our church. They're gonna, when they leave the home, they're gonna know who Jesus is. They're gonna know who they are, how to follow him. They're gonna have an understanding of the world around them and they're gonna be planted firmly on who he is because we're gonna be, have followers and we're gonna have builders. This is a really big deal for us and all of these things happen in a local environment. So part one of strategy, grow small. Part two is what we're gonna talk about now and part two is called this. We're gonna build big. We are going to build big. Our growth is gonna happen small but what we, when we begin to build, we're gonna build big. Now what the heck does this mean? It's a great question, I'm glad you asked. So let me explain this. When we talk about building big, I want you to have this mindset, ready? Imagine if God opens up the door for us to plant multiple churches. Right now we have two renovation churches, but we believe that God's gonna add more. How many, we don't know. We just know that we wanna be obedient and faithful in every step to be able to plant more. But imagine if there's multiple renovation churches. How in the world can we do that without building maybe some of the infrastructure that we need to be able to do? Now, when we come together from all of these local environments, we believe not just in what is happening locally, but when we come together, this is what we believe God, want, God wants to do as we're unified. So we have a, a, a local vision, and that's by planning churches and embracing this clear discipleship pathway, but what happens when these churches come together? Well, we believe in unity. We believe in having a unified vision and we believe that God has called us to build big because we believe in unity in a massive way. Now let me say this, I do believe that unity is possible. And not just possible, I believe that this is a mandate on us as followers of Christ to be able to march towards and to believe in. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 that his followers, us, that we would be united, that we would love each other. And then he said this, and then the world would believe that I am real based on how you guys are unified. 
Unity is a massive spiritual principle. And so when we think about doing stuff in a local environment, that's awesome. But the question is, how do those local environments actually interact with a bigger environment? Well, Renovation Church, part two is this. We wanna build big enough so that the local environments can gather together and guess what? Not be siloed, but be unified. This is now our unified vision for when Renovation Church comes together. Right now we have two. Imagine God opens up several more. That is our unified vision for what God wants to do. Now, just as a small taste of where God is leading us down, we mentioned to you guys we just had a mission trip that went to Honduras. It was a beautiful expression of what God is already doing at Renovation Church. We had 15 people go to Honduras. This is uh, two weeks ago. They got back last Sunday. Eight people went to Honduras from our Renovation Greenville Church. Seven people went from our Renovation Simpsonville Church. Let me show you some pictures of what God did down in, down in Honduras. People who had no idea about each other because they go to two different churches are now interacting on the same mission trip and they went down to work in San Pedro Sula in Honduras. They helped build out cabinetry. Let me actually list off some of the things that they did. We had woodworking class that they did down there. Um, some women were actually able to do a sewing classes. They were able to teach the women at House of Hope how to do lathes and how to make things. It was pretty incredible. They built storage cabinets from scratch, the team did. They landscaped, let's see if you go to the next one if you don't mind, painted the outside of the structure. Now, San Pedro Sula, where House of Hope is, it's a ministry that reaches out to women who are in brothels and live a very difficult street life. And not just women, there are girls in these environments that House of Hope is reaching out to. So our team, two churches, we had eight and seven, didn't know each other, coming together with a common mission to be able to do something significant. So they painted, they did landscaping, they made it so that people would wanna be able to come and feel invited into the ministry center. They painted the sewing bars, they built and installed sound panels because their sound travels like crazy. And so when kids are in the room, sound panels help make it so that you can actually communicate more effectively. They did tons and tons of work. Let me show you, uh, yeah, here it is right here. As they were having this outreach uh, thing for the ladies, our team was able to help love on the kids who were in Honduras and it just have an awesome time of what God did. And here's, actually, can you go back to the other picture? Did you already have the butterfly one up? Painted a beautiful mural that welcomed. House of Hope. House of Hope's logo is a butterfly, that God is able to take you where you are and transform you, and how you started life doesn't mean that's how you have to finish it. And we, House of Hope has seen literally generations of women be transformed. One of the things about the brothel environment, which is a challenge, is this, is that many, it's generational. A lot of women go into it because their mom or grandmothers put them into it. And so when House of Hope goes in and brings the gospel in those environments, the grandmother gets saved, the daughter gets saved, the granddaughter gets saved, and it's this transformation just like a butterfly that's absolutely powerful. And so our team uh, our, uh, was able to paint a mural telling the women the gospel is a transformational message. It takes you from where you were and it can bring something new into your life. And here's what's awesome. Our team is down there. Again, two, diff two churches coming together, people from, two, from different backgrounds coming together for the same mission. They had an evangelistic outreach. 60 women came to this outreach. Five women gave their lives to Christ. It's awesome, yeah. So, so two churches coming together for one gospel. Imagine if there was more than two. 
And I want you to understand where the Lord is leading us because this is not insignificant. This is huge. This is so vital, I believe, to the body of Christ. And, and so and this mission trip was just a, 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 a sliver of what God wants to begin to do. So we're not just gonna grow small. We believe in what God is doing in the small environment. We also are gonna begin to build big because God is a God of awesome things. He's a God of transformation and the ability to have these things actually play out. Here's the thing, I wanna take a pause for a second. And this is a principle and, and a thing that matters deeply to me. How in the world can we all be unified? We're all different, we all have different personalities. We come from different backgrounds, different experiences. And one of the unique things that we're doing as Renovation Church is this, we're gonna share the same culture and the same heart, but every Renovation Church is gonna be slightly different because we have slightly different leaders in there. I believe one day we're gonna have a, a Renovation Church in Spanish, it's gonna be a Hispanic congregation. Hallelujah, Gloria Dios, Santo el Nombre de Dios. It's gonna be a little bit different. And it's gonna be awesome. Imagine if we have that. Imagine if we have different environments of different backgrounds. How in the world are we unified? Let me tell you a principle that I've come to believe in with every fiber of my being. We are not unified because of us. We're not. We are limited. We're limited in who we are. We are unified because of Jesus. And this is what I believe with all my heart. Ready, Jesus is enough. I have lived in a bunch of countries and I have discovered something so significant. Ready? That you can read the Bible in different languages, but Jesus is always the same. And in every culture that I've lived, it has different perspectives of how you do life, how to eat your food, how to navigate through customs and culture. You can look at the Bible and read it in different languages. You can go into different cultures and in different contexts. You can worship in different languages. But here's the thing, Jesus himself, he is always the same. And so when you open the Bible and you read it and you see Jesus, he is the constant and he is consistent and he is enough. He takes the prideful and he humbles the prideful. He takes the insecure and he lifts the insecure one up. He says, listen, to the prideful, you can't earn your way into heaven. It's by my grace that you made it in there. To the insecure one, it tells the insecure person, God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. That means that you have value because of what he did. Guess what? All of us now stand on common ground. Not because of us, but because of him. And do you know what we have as Christians that no other group in the world has? This Jesus who is greater and mightier and a firm foundation. He's enough. In Matthew chapter 16, there's this amazing story that I've preached from on multiple occasions in which Jesus takes his disciples, his followers, up to Caesarea Philippi, and he asks them, who do people say that I am? And some say, well, Elijah or John the Baptist or some other prophet. And Peter gets up and he says, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, for now I'm gonna call you Peter, for you are a rock, for God gave you this knowledge. And then he says, and on this rock I will build my church and not even the gates of hell shall prevail against it. You know what he's saying there? That on this rock, this name of Jesus, that every knee and every language and every culture and every background, that anybody who calls out to the name of Jesus or Jesus and you begin to worship his name, that Jesus is enough, he's the same and he's consistent. So what unifies us is not us, what unifies us is Jesus. So we can be unified because of him. Because when we open our Bibles and we worship, we might do it slightly differently from each other, but guess what? We're marching towards the one true God and his name is Jesus and he's enough. So let me, I wanna do something here. I wanna kinda show you a little bit in, in, in a beautiful draw. Actually, we're gonna do this awesome illustration or hopefully this, this thing. 
I pulled out a whiteboard in the beginning of the year and my staff was like, don't ever use a whiteboard on stage again, it's horrible. So they went out of their way to do this for me. Now this is the iPad that I have right here. Thank goodness for technology. They said, never, never, never do a whiteboard again. I want you to see the heartbeat that we have. By the way, I'm horrible, I'm, I'm as bad at drawing as I am at singing, okay? For any of you who are here, tell me why. All right, anyway. Y'all don't know. If you don't know, you don't know. All right. Tell me why. Okay, yeah, sorry. All right, all right. Um, These are churches. Man, y'all are hating on my circles. Imagine that God opens the door for us to have, we're planting churches, not, we only have two now. But imagine that we have multiple churches. The question, and here's, here's what I see in the gospel itself. What we don't wanna do is have each one of those churches, uh, I'm not even gonna try and do that. I was gonna spell it siloed. We don't want those churches isolated. That's, a, okay, isolated. That's isolated. Okay. Maybe, maybe I should have done siloed. This is what I see in, in the king. We, we see a bunch of churches and each church is kind of doing its own thing, but they're either siloed or they're isolated. Our question is this. Did I spell that right, by the way? I, okay, all right, y'all looking at me. I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. Grammarly, where are you? All right. So um, I guess, uh, okay, all right, move on. ADD Jeremy, okay, hold on. So we have a, several churches. We don't want them siloed and we don't want them isolated. The question is this, how do we create something for those churches to actually, all of our renovation churches to actually interact with each other? Well, step one of build big, we wanna create, and this is a star, is meant to be, that's a star. Okay, you know what, hold on. I can already feel the judgment and the hatred up here for my star. Yes, there, hold on, okay. Oh boy. Uh, that's not better. Okay, y'all take it. We wanna build what's something called Renovation Central. And Renovation Central, our heartbeat is this, ready? And we're already started to do this. Even though we only have two churches right now, what we wanna do is to be able to build out a lot of different things to be able to, so that these churches can not just be planted and supported and sustained, but Renovation Central can help facilitate all of our churches actually working together. And this is something that, this is, by the way, totally understandable. Don't worry about it, everything's fine. Okay. You catch the vision yet? It's super clear. Now, listen, I told you a little bit different today. I want you to think about for a second. As we plant churches, we're gonna plant leaders in there that are called by God. Every leader is gonna be slightly different because they're created uniquely by God for a certain task. One of these churches, one of the ways that the leader might function is this, they might have an incredible heartbeat for ministry in the the homeless community. Imagine, and and maybe their church location is right by where homeless people are. So this church reaches out to the homeless and they care about deeply for the homeless. You might have another church that says, hey, you know what? We wanna really work in the gospel in a rural, (laughs) okay, in a um, not urban environment. Uh, hold on, just gonna, hold on, no, 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 don't even, no, look away, look away. In a not urban environment. 
and they have a conservative. Because every renovation church is gonna be slightly different from each other, I want you to see this. By empowering the local churches to do the thing that God is calling them to do, now we share the same pathway, we share the same heartbeat, we share the same culture, we're unified by Jesus, but there's a slightly different expression in every place. Here's what we're doing. We're actually fulfilling what the gospel can look like in its fullness. One place ministers to homeless. One place can have a not urban environment. Another place can be a different context. In an urban environment, you name it, it can be there. Every place a little bit different, but what Renovation Central is meant to do is to coordinate all of these different places and to make Make it so that we work together. Now you tell me what's not awesome about that. This fires me up every single time when I think about what God can actually do through this. So let me share with you a couple of things, ready? The heart of reno- the heart a beat of Renovation Central is actually to serve the local church. I am the senior pastor of Renovation Church and I'm the one who God is using to be able to help bring the vision and direction into our church, but we have elders who help govern our church. My main role it's not just to Simpsonville anymore. When we went to two locations, my role now is to oversee our church as a whole. That's why we've moved to having local lead pastors, not just in Greenville, but also in Simpsonville. I am over Renovation Central. We have another pastor in our area who's at his own church this morning. His name is Pastor Timothy Pender. He's what we call the head of Central. And him and I together are helping build out the infrastructure so that we can now resource the church. This is happening right now. Now we only have two churches, but we believe we're gonna have more. And we wanna be able to do, let's just, here's some of the things. We wanna be able to provide resources. We wanna be able to provide training, systems, processes, administration. Oh goodness gracious, all the things. Vision and direction. Imagine if we can build something that then goes out to help assist and plant and believe in and build churches. And then we're constantly launching churches. And then it's a self-sustaining thing where we're launching and launching and believing in and feeding and then resourcing. And then when we plant a church, that church isn't by itself isolated. That church realizes it's part of a bigger family of churches. And then they're getting resourced with all the tools that they need. All of the graphics we do at Renovation Church are done in-house. As we launch churches, having an entire graphics department to meet the needs of all of our church, every t-shirt that's made, every sweatshirt that's printed is done in-house. Just that one little area with all of our churches across the board would make a difference. We are wanting to resource the church systems training processes. Now let me share with you a passage of scripture. I know today's a little bit different, but I wanna share with you a passage of scripture. This is actually from Mark chapter six, and I want you to see this. This is, so I'll say this. Outside of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's only one miracle that is written in all four gospels. I know there's a lot of miracles that Jesus did, but outside of the resurrection, there's only one miracle that you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I don't know that it necessarily would have been the miracle that I would have picked to put in there because I think there were some other miracles to me, like the raising of Lazarus, some of the other things that Jesus did, which were pretty incredible. Several people were raised from the dead, but this one miracle was so significant to, to, to the gospel writers and through empowered through the Holy Spirit that it's in every one of the gospel. Outside of the resurrection, this is the only one. But I want you to see something actually from the gospel of Mark. This is the feeding of the 5,000. Now, I, don't, I didn't have the time to share with you all of it, but I wanted you to get a glimpse. In the story of the feeding of the 5,000, I'm sure you've heard messages preached on this before. I think it's actually kind of a funny insight in my opinion, because if you read the full story, Jesus is teaching and teaching and teaching, and the disciples are like, Jesus, the people are getting hungry, and it says this in the Bible, it was late into the evening. In other words, Jesus, please stop teaching so that people can go home. His disciples go to him and say this. They're hungry, and they're tired, and it's time to shut her down. Jesus says to his disciples, 
you feed the people, which is awesome response from Jesus. There's a ton of people, 5,000 men. To give context into this, it says 5,000 men. There was women and children there as well. So many people believe there was 15 to 20,000 people. Our Bon Secours Wellness Arena seats 15,900 people. So Jesus is teaching an entire wellness arena all the things, and they're hungry. And his disciples are like, you've been preaching all day, all day, all day, it's time to send the people home. We wanna go home, we're hungry. I like how the disciples say it, by the way. The inference is the people are hungry and not we are hungry, and the people wanna go home, but they're like, we wanna be done too. So he tells them this, Jesus says, why don't you feed them? So out of that, they go and they say, well, we don't have any food. And Jesus says, well, what do you have? Well, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. So Jesus says, well, bring it to me. And that's where we're diving in in Mark 6. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Actually, you know, here's a side note. This has nothing, this is, you've heard the, you've heard the phrase, let's bless this food, right? That's a normal common pray before you eat. I wanna give you some context around this, ready? When we pray before we eat, and you can pray after you eat if you like to as well, we're actually not praying to actually bless our food. And Jesus actually models this. What we're actually doing is this, we're actually blessing God and thanking him for the food that he has provided. And so when you eat, now I've done many times tried to cast the calories out of the donuts that I eat. I try and reject the, 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 the bad food in there and to allow him to transform it into good food. It's never happened once. And so the calories are still there. We actually don't bless our food, it's just food. When we pause to give thanks to God, the reason we do it, it's an acknowledgement that without God, we would not have our provider. We actually bless our God and thank him for the food that we are about to eat. That's what Jesus does in this context. And here, ready, let's keep reading, you know the story. He blesses the food, uh, let's see, and then let's keep, I have no idea where I'm at. Then he gave, uh, five loaves, broke, broke, where am I? Niner, okay, where? 41, thank you. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the only miracle outside of the resurrection that's in all gospels. And here's what I want you to see. Before Everybody was fed and the miracle happened that was so significant as all gospels. Do you know what Jesus did? He organized the people. And so when we talk about what God wants to do when we're planting churches and we're doing the different things, you know what I've come to realize? God can't actually do a significant thing until the people are organized. And so God is a God of order and he's a God of putting things in the rightful place. If he just started feeding people without organizing the people, do you know what would happen? Chaos. And God is not a God of chaos. So in the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000 and to all my administrative and systems people out there, this should be your like verse of the decade right here. God wanted to move, but before he moved, it had to be organized. And I'm not, a, I'm not an administrative person, but I recognize this is that without organization, God is gonna, listen, it's the organization that allows God to do simply more. And so when we talk about building out Renovation Central, I want you to see the spiritual principle here is this, is Renovation Central wants to, we wanna organize ourselves as a church because we believe that God wants us to do more, not less. This is the spiritual principle inside of this. So, 
Step, step one of Build Big is we're gonna build out Renovation Central. And this is my role as a church now. I'm very present in Simpsonville, but for the next two Sundays, I'm gonna be in Greenville. Because as the senior pastor, I'm overseeing both of, both of the church locations and, and as we move forward. And so we're gonna have amazing people who are gonna be speaking in Simpsonville, but Renovation Central is a thing that, that God has asked me to lead, along with Pastor Pender. So step one, we're gonna build out Renovation Central. And step two, this is not happening yet, but it's going to happen we are gonna launch a ministry training school. We are gonna actually launch a school to train people to do ministry. And this is, this is not necessarily like, this may not be an accredited thing, but this is gonna be something that's gonna be really significant and important to, I think, where God is calling us into. What, one of the things that we realize is that the greatest resource is not gonna be buildings, our greatest resource is gonna be people and having the right people to put in different places. Joe, our local lead pastor in Greenville, has started something called a worship school. Worship cooperative is what it is and it's designed to help train people in worship and we've used it to partner with multiple churches up in this area but something is happening this semester that's never happened before in our worship cooperative is that instead of actually training adults, do you know what the, our worship cooperative is doing? We have 35, right? We have 35 kids under the age of 18 that are being trained in worship right now at Renovation Church. Amen, yeah. 35 kids, and they're all Renovation Church, are learning about worship at our worship school. You maybe didn't even know this existed. It's not even here in this building. You know where it is? It's at a building in First Baptist, downtown Fountain, because we work with other churches. 30, Simpsonville. Thanks, babe, lovely, okay. There's a lot of information today. 35 kids, why? We believe those kids, one of the greatest resources is always people. So we wanna actually, we're gonna be launching a ministry training school where we develop and resource people. When God opened the door for Greenville, for Greenville to, or for the Edge Church to join us and for them to become Renovation Greenville, we sent Joe, we sent Matt, our student pastor, and do you know what happened? Simpsonville didn't skip a beat. Do you know why? Because God had already lined up Jeff Spears to lead worship in this place and gave to take over for students. And, and listen, it's been a different flavor, but it's been awesome. And Joe and Matt have gone and done incredible things in Greenville, and then together we get a chance to do this. I'll show you a picture. This is, of, this is when Gabe is preaching, and sorry, it's really focused on the back of people's heads and not on Gabe himself. That's Gabe preaching. This is my picture. Before God, listen, I'm Tony. Gabe grew up in this church, and here he is preaching the gospel on stage. Jeff Spears has never been to another church building in his life. He grew up in this place, and he's staying in this place, and he's, Jeff, this is, this is he, because he was invested and developed into, and now he's giving back. So what we wanna do with our ministry training school is to be able to develop people. So back to my beautiful, if you can, uh, Andrew slash Zeus. So we wanna be able to create Renovation Central. That, oh, that's erasing it. We don't wanna erase it. We wanna create it. That's here to serve the church, and then we're gonna create a, I wanna do a, this is gonna be our ministry training school. And what we're gonna do is this, as Renovation Central believes in the bigger body of Christ, this school is actually gonna go as we plant churches and send people to be able to occupy different roles. Here's the beautiful thing, where are we gonna get the people for our ministry training school? We're gonna get them from the very churches that we planted. And as we do this, we're gonna continue to, listen, 
The church might be shrinking, but I'm telling you, the best days of the church are not behind it. Why? Because I believe the church is not a place you attend. It's who God's called us to be. And this picture, we're gonna grow small. We're gonna build small environments. We're gonna plant churches. But guess what? We're also gonna build big. We're gonna build Renovation Central to be able to assist and partner with churches. And then we're gonna be unified in everything that God's calling us to do. And we're gonna see people, men and women, grow up in this church, be in this church, called to go serve in the broader sea church, to be sent out, to be cared for, and, and do the work of the ministry that God's called them to. This is where we are headed as a church. So when you hear language like Renovation Simpsonville, Renovation Greenville, and then you hear Renovation Central. Now you know what this is. This is what we are doing and where we are going, and we believe that God has called us to this, and we're excited about it. All right, let me finish with prayer and just give this to the Lord. Pause, or dear Heavenly Father, we pause for a moment, and we thank you for all that you have. Lord, I, I thank you that we know where we are going. This isn't just about creating a nice service on a Sunday morning. This is about being your church, mobilized to go plant churches and to be the very people you've asked us and called us to be. This is not about our name or us. This is about you and who you are. So may we be your people. May we be your people who say, here I am, send me. May we not be sideline Christians May we be the Christians who say, God, I'm ready for this. Send me in, call me, I'm right here. And may you awaken Renovation Church to be the church, to love and to believe in the church, to plant churches for that your name would be lifted up and glorified. And may your church, God, lift you up and may your name get the glory. We love you, Jesus, for all that you do and for who you are. In your precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.